Hello, welcome to Afraid Not Podcast. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. We're so glad you're listening in to episode number 22. Today we are going to be talking to Jesse Mignana. Jesse is somebody that we, she reached out to us on Facebook. We didn't even know her, but it was, it's an amazing story. You guys will love. We're so happy that Jesse was willing to share this story of hope and faith. And she has, um, she feels that God has put this on her heart that if she shares her story, it's a way to comfort people that are going through the same thing she went through. And I believe she's exactly right. Because God uses the comfort He's given us to comfort other people. And something that I was thinking about while she was sharing her story is something that um, the Bible says in Romans 8, 26. It says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So you listeners, there may be times that you have gone through or are going through right now where you just don't even have the words. You don't know what to say. You don't even know how to pray because you're in such pain. And I just want you to know that you are not alone and that the Spirit of God Himself is interceding for you. And Jesse shares in her story that the peace of God carried her through a really, really hard and difficult time. This may be a difficult um, one to listen to if you have gone through difficulties in child, difficulties in pregnancy, or if you've had a miscarriage. So just putting that out there, it's important to listen to, but it's emotional and it may be a little difficult in, in parts. So thank you for listening in, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Afraid Not. Hi, Jesse. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. We're so glad that you're here. And we, this is, this will be new for me and Robin too, because we haven't heard your story yet. Yeah. yeah so we we'll be been, hearing it also as we go. We're so glad that we were referred to you, that you were willing to share your story. And we are thrilled to meet you and thrilled for our listeners to meet you too. And we wanted to just start tonight with asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, maybe hobbies and what your day-to-day life's like. Kind of give us a peek. Sure. Um, my name's Jesse Mignana, and my husband's name's Stephen. Um, we've been married for almost seven years now, and we have two kids. Um, Samuel is almost five, and Grace, or we call her Gracie, she's two and a half. And I'm a stay-at-home mom. I've been a stay-at-home mom since Samuel was born. And that's my passion. That's what I love to do. Um, I believe it's what God's called me to do also. Mm -hmm. And um, recently I've started homeschooling, um, actually last year when Samuel started pre-K. So that's another big passion of mine as well. Um, I love being able to watch him learn and watch him grow and see all his accomplishments firsthand. And I get to implement, you know, biblical teaching and that's something that I really enjoy. So that is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. So how did you and your husband meet? Um, we met a long time ago. Um, I was at a friend's party and he happened to be there and we just kind of crossed paths and he said, I'm taking you on a date tomorrow. And Aww. I said, okay. And he picked <laughs> me up and he was like knight in shining armor and that was it. Yeah. How we got sweet. married in Jamaica on the beach. Yeah. Aww. And our family was there and it was perfect. Yeah. 
How cool. So destination wedding. Yes. Yeah. Legally married there too. Yeah. I wonder how cool it is to do that. I mean, just a different, I haven't experienced one, but heard how neat It's definitely different, but fun. (laughs) Lots of fun. Yeah. Wow. So did you grow up in church or? I did. Yeah. Um, my mom and dad were very much involved in church and, you know, we did all the Bible schools and I mean, we were in church every week, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesdays. And so, yeah, I mean, it was kind of just, you know, ingrained in me and, um, my husband as well. I was very blessed to have met him and he grew up with a similar background. So yeah. And, you know, now we go to life church in Owasso and that's a big part of our lives and our children love it. And they learn so much there. My son, he's kind of known at life church to be the scripture memorizing kid. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> they, they've shared his videos before of him, you know, reciting scripture. So, um, yeah, we love life church and, um, I'm so glad to be raising our kids, you know, with those same values that I had growing up. Absolutely. Yeah. Would would you say that you as a young child accepted that that the, your faith became your own and mm-hmm. that Jesus became real to you or was it more when you were a teenager or an adult that I your think, faith became your own? Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Honestly, no, honestly, um I I received salvation young. Um but, you know, I believe in my teenage years, you know how you kind of tend to drift away sometimes, but, Mm -hmm. um, especially when I became a mother, it came back to me strong and, you know, because it isn't, it becomes important to you. You want to raise your children, um, to follow the right path. And I really cherish my mom and how hard she worked to, you know, keep, keep us in church, always keeping us in. She, now she's my best friend. And I tell her all the time, like, I don't know how you did it. And I'm so thankful that you kept on, you know, with the devotions and the Bible reading and all of that, because now I see how important that is as a mother myself, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They say when they're little, they won't stray from it. So if we teach it, that's actually our scripture that I've been praying over um, the kids this homeschool year is Proverbs 22, Mm -hmm. six, train a child up in the way they should go. And when they're older, they won't depart from it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Did you go, did you go to college? Did you go to, did you grow up around in Oklahoma? Did you go to school here? I grew up in Hominy, um, which is kind of near Sky Took Lake. Uh And we went to, I went to school there. Um, So yeah, I've kind of been in this (laughs) area-ish, you know, came to Owasso a lot as a teenager. So yeah, yeah, definitely from around here. My husband's from Broken Arrow. Oh, okay. So yeah. And then did you go on to college or? Um, I did for a little while. I went and then I just got a job. Um, after a couple years and yeah, just started working. And, um, before I had my son, Samuel, I was, I had a pretty good job. Um, I was in industrial sales, but my calling, I knew when I had him that I was going to be a stay at home mom. Yeah. That was my true calling. So did you always, were you always thinking when you became a mom, mom, you're going to stay home or was it something when you had him, you were like, Oh no, I'm staying home. I knew, I knew my husband and I both knew that that's what I, that's what we were going to do. There was like almost no other option for us. <laughs> we we were going to make it happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. And I think that's a really special calling. Um that was also the path for me as well and um I know that the Lord laid that in my path and it was a blessing. So and I know that that's not the same path for everyone. So right. listeners out there who may be feeling like, well, I don't know that that was what I was supposed to do. Everyone's path is different. So Whatever the Lord lays on your heart as 
uh, a wife, as a mom, as a woman, that that's your individual response to respond to him, to obey him. Yes. It's not about what other people are doing. So I agree. So tell us about, um, so you got married and then did you immediately have children or? We waited about a year and then um, we got pregnant with Samuel pretty much right away. And um, yeah, ever since he's been born, he's just been a joy. And you know, when you're a first time mom, you're kind of like fumbling and you don't know what you're doing. But so we, you know, he was kind of our guinea pig kid. You know, we learned a lot with him and (laughs) but when he was 11 months old, um, we got pregnant. And this is kind of leading into why I'm here and the story that I'm going to share. When things got frayed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so we were so excited. We knew we wanted kids close in age, and we were trying. And we got pregnant pretty much right away. And um, we announced that we were pregnant at Samuel's first birthday party with our family and friends. And it was such a special moment, and he, you know, our baby was so wanted, and um, we were just so excited for that next chapter. And about halfway through my pregnancy um, in December, we went for our anatomy scan. You know, it's about the halfway point. Mm-hmm. And we were going to find out the gender. We were so excited. You know, everything up until that point had been textbook perfect, mm-hmm. you know. And so we go into the appointment. Samuel is with us because we wanted him to experience finding out if he was going to have a brother or sister with us. And um, I remember laying on the bed and, you know, the ultrasound tech, she was super sweet. And she kind of hesitated um, upon putting the Doppler on my stomach. And um, she said, hang on just a minute. I need to go get your doctor. And I looked at my husband and I said, that's not normal. That's not what they normally say to you. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, it's fine. It's fine. He just, you know, they just want her to see it, um, to see the baby. Were you afraid right then? Right then I had a gut, you know, you just kind of have a gut feeling Mm -hmm. as a mother, like that something's wrong. And so my doctor comes in and they look again and they tell me there's no heartbeat. Mm. And sorry. I just remember feeling so, like, deflated and defeated. And I almost, like, at the same time thought, like, there's no way. Like, this can't be. They're wrong. They're wrong. And I was so upset. And I was, I mean, I was, like, beside myself. And uh, my husband, he was trying to be strong, you know. And I remember them telling us we had to go next door to an ultrasound place, to get a second opinion, just, you know, to make sure. And Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, this is, we're fine. Like, it's going to be fine. But I was still so upset at the same time. You have all these emotions that go through you. Um, And I was still very upset, and they had to escort us out the back because they didn't want to scare other patients in the waiting room. And, you know, my son was so young, but he knew something was wrong. And so we went next door. They confirmed that we had lost our baby. And I remember on the car ride home, just feeling like all I could do was cry and wail. And I just, all I could do was cry out to God, truly. I don't know if you've ever felt in a moment, like there was just no words. And all you could Mm -hmm. do was just Mm -hmm. kind of this deep soul, like moaning. And I just cried out to God. And I said, I don't understand. I don't understand why this is happening. Um, 
And that was what, about 20 weeks? 18 weeks. 18 mm-hmm. weeks. Oh, right. Goodness. So obviously I was showing and yeah. I had felt him kick um, just the night before. And so it was really confusing. And so the doctor calls and says, when we get home, the doctor calls and says, you know, we have an opening to deliver um, the baby tomorrow. And I was just processing all of this, not quite understanding. And um, I remember laying on the bed with my husband and we just cried all night. Mm -hmm. There was nothing to say. There was no words. Sorry. Um, So I wanted to go ahead and schedule the delivery. It's called a stillborn birth. And I wanted to do it right away because the thought of like a child inside of me that's not living, I just wanted to get it over with, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And that was part of the anger that was coming out of me. Um, But one scripture that I wanted to share that came to mind um, when I was processing my grief and my trauma was Psalm 35. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I clung to that verse. I couldn't see the joy yet, Mm -hmm. but I knew it was coming at some point. So the next day, literally the next day, we went into the hospital, got checked in. Samuel wasn't with us, obviously, but um, it just felt like a, a bad dream. Like it wasn't real. Yeah. And even then they did another ultrasound and I thought, well, maybe, maybe you just kind of have this thought, maybe, maybe they were wrong yesterday, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know? Um, so they start the medicine to jumpstart my labor because my body was not ready. The Pitocin. Yeah. My body was not ready to deliver, obviously. Um, and I labored for 50 hours. Oh, Mm -hmm. did you say 50 as in five zero? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I two full days mm-hmm. and two hours. Yeah, my body was oh, just not awful. It wasn't responding to the labor. So, um, finally, and I, you know, I had an epidural because I did not want to feel anything. Sure, it was just too hard to take it in. Um, yeah. He was born. He, mm-hmm. we found out once I delivered what the gender was. We waited. I looked over at my husband when they said, it's a boy. And he just was pale. He couldn't, he almost couldn't stand. Right. Um, Sorry. And um, we named him Isaac. And um, we already had that name picked out for a boy. And he was so small. And I remember just holding him. And he has Samuel's eyes, like the same color, the same shape. Um, and I just held him, and my husband starts singing to him. And they wrap him up, and he's just so little. And they give him a little hat. And How many pounds was he at the time? Just shy of one pound. Oh, my goodness. But he still had every part of a baby and Mm -hmm. I always want people to know that Mm -hmm. because he was a baby Mm -hmm. absolutely he was created by God and um, right away they noticed that my doctor was in the room with us and 
she's so great. And she was there for us every step of the way. She held my hand. She cried with me. She was wonderful. And she's right away noticed there was some issues and some abnormalities. And um, she told us what she thought it was. And she believed it was at the time amniotic band syndrome, which I don't know if you've heard of that. I haven't. Um, the baby gets wrapped and caught up in the bands in your womb. And if it happens early enough, they can't break free. And so he had bands that had been wrapped around his arms and his legs. And um, so if he had gone full term, he would have had some major issues. Mm-hmm. Um which it kind of cut off their circulation. Yeah, and he and he also had one wrapped around his umbilical cord, which is what ultimately caused him to pass away. Um, so we knew like that was in a weird way a little bit of peace for mm-hmm. us, knowing that um, he wasn't going to feel pain, you know, right? Being born and having issues, so. And it must have happened pretty quickly if you'd felt him the day before. So he didn't, he must not have really suffered. I, I, I like to believe he didn't. And the, what I always would tell people is he only ever felt love. And that brought me a lot of comfort mm-hmm. knowing that. He didn't have to experience bad things in the world. And, you know, the first thing he got to see was God's face. Yes. And yeah. how amazing is that? Um, mm-hmm. So we got to hold him. Um, and spend time with him as long as we wanted. Um, Samuel never came up to the hospital and actually physically saw him because we didn't want it to be confusing for him. He was still so young. We didn't think he would understand. And I think we made the right choice in that. Because he was probably not even a year year. Yeah, just a year and a few months. Yeah. Right. Um, He knew, obviously, something was wrong. You know, he kids just know. They can pick up on stuff. But he was able to visit us and... Um, once you have to make a decision, um, after you deliver stillborn, what you want to do with your child and you have to make it pretty fast. Um, you either can dispose of your child, which I like the thought of that, like is gut wrenching, or you can choose to bury your child, um, uh, Floral Haven in Broken Arrow has a Garden of Angels. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's a, a free service that they offer to people who have had either miscarried or had a stillborn or a child who has passed. And they offer this service to bury your child. And um, what a so ministry. it is um, an amazing service that they offer to locals. And we selected to do that. Um, but we also knew at the same time for our future that we needed to have some testing done on him just to make sure there was nothing more. Because at that point, we had only heard of the amniotic band syndrome. We thought, what if there's something else? You right. know, like our future was in limbo. We didn't know what we were going to do um, moving forward if Samuel was going to be our only child. or It was just a lot to process, you mm-hmm. know, the stages mm-hmm. of grief and trauma that right. you go through. Um, so I... We had to leave Isaac there, which is the most bizarre thing you have to do as a mother, like um, leaving your child at a hospital and you just walk out (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they gave us Mm -hmm. grief pamphlets. And like, I always remember that's what I walked out with was grief pamphlets and not him. Hmm. 
was awful. Um, so, did they you, give you resources or anything for counseling? Um, or? There was in the pamphlet. There was um, some, you know, groups or numbers you could call. But we have such an amazing support system. We have an amazing family who is there for us every step of the way and friends. And um, really, Stephen and I, honestly, we just depended on God. And um, we felt so many prayers. That was another thing I wanted to mention. So many people were praying for us, and we could feel it. It was, we were going through this trauma and this tragedy, but at the same time, we had a peace, um, an unexplainable peace that can only come from God. Mm -hmm. And we could have taken a path of blame, but we took a path of we're just going to trust in God and get through this. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the weeks after we had to plan his funeral and we had to go and design a headstone. Um, That's something I was not prepared for. Um, It's like, as a parent, you shouldn't have to do that. Um, Picking out just the right thing to put on there, it's like, it's not good enough. Um, But we did and we had a funeral for him. With just our family. What did you end up putting on the headstone? Um, We wanted it to be simple, and we chose just a cross. (laughs) That was it, with his name and Mm -hmm. his, we call it his birthday. It was December 20th. And so So that's... Right before Christmas. Right before Christmas, yes. And so we had to do (sighs) all of this before the year's end and have the funeral and you know, um, at the same time, Christmas, it was also a good distraction in a way mm-hmm. because we, you know, had Samuel of course, and we tried right. to make it as normal as we could for him. So that was in a way good. Mm-hmm. We were able to smile and, you know, enjoy that. Um, but pretty soon after, um, the funeral and all of that, we, um, we're still processing our grief and I got plugged in at church pretty much right away. I wanted to do something more. And for some reason, I just felt called to be in the nursery. And I did. And I served um, in Life Kids. And I met some amazing women. And my grief was still fresh. Actually, I still looked like I was pregnant. Um, so was it difficult to go work in a nursery after just losing? Like, or was it more for me, healing? For me, it was healing. You know, for some people, it might be. But for me personally, it was very healing. Um, because God carried me through every mm. step, and holding the babies was actually very healing. And I also met some amazing women who, um, they had been through one lady in particular, a very the exact same thing as me, the exact same timing, the exact same situation, exact same loss. And she doesn't really share it, you know, with a lot of people. Um, other women who have had miscarriages who don't share it with anybody. Mm-hmm. And I feel very honored to have that connection with people. And I have been open about my journey in that way. And I'm, I tell people about like when they ask, you know, how many kids do you have? I say three because I do have three. Isaac is mm-hmm. my son. And although his story is different and he's not physically here, he's still just as much a part of our family. Right. Some people don't understand that, but most people do, you yeah. know, and I'm sure you believe 
like we do that, that you're going to be reunited with him. Oh, absolutely. That you're going to, when you leave this world and you go to your real home in heaven with Jesus, you're going to get to see Isaac. Yes. And he'll know you. I believe that. I believe he'll know you. Yes. And you'll know him. Absolutely. Yes. We visit him often. Um, the kids, they know the drill. When we go and visit his grave, we have the Windex, we have the paper towels to clean it off. We have the scissors to trim the grass. They get so excited to go. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they'll say cute little words to him or, you know, sometimes we don't say much at all. And uh, we always decorate for Christmas, especially. That's December's usually the hardest month. Mm-hmm. Although as the years go by, it does seem to get a little bit easier. You know, I do have some triggers, you know, around the day of, but, um, last year was not as bad, you know, as the previous years. Mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful that, and I just depend on God. I pray, you know, help me through this season, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, Grace was born. Um, she was, she's our rainbow baby. Okay. So you got, how soon after did you I get should, pregnant with Grace? We got pregnant with Grace. Well, I should back up and say, okay. we got the results back from, um, Isaac's passing, um, that it was just the amniotic band and nothing more. And that's what we needed to know before we moved forward. And it was just kind of forward. a fluky thing that they didn't think would happen again. Exactly. Um, the doctor said it's kind of like getting struck by lightning is what she compared it to. Um, so we went ahead and started trying again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got pregnant um, within two months. Um, two months exactly, I believe. And um, Grace was born in April and she, April of 2017 and she's our rainbow baby and she's our little miracle. And she is just, we love her so much. (laughs) It's like the missing piece of our family that we didn't know we needed, you know? So when you were going through your pregnancy with Grace, were you nervous? I actually was not. I get asked that question a lot and I was not. God had given me peace so much peace. And I had every reason to be terrified. Mm-hmm. I had every reason to be scared. Um, people almost couldn't believe that I mm-hmm. wasn't. And um, only God, that's what I say, only God. I always give it all back to him because mm-hmm. without him, my journey wouldn't be what it was. Right. I wouldn't have gotten through it um, the way I did. Tell us about how Grace has been your rainbow baby. What, is that from a scripture What's um, it's it's a term that's used for um, a baby that's born after a loss, any loss. Mm-hmm. It can be a miscarriage or stillborn. Um, so when you use the term rainbow baby, um, people that have had miscarriages or stillborn or loss, they it's like this sense of community, like you know. Um, it's the key word. It's the key mm-hmm. word. You know, okay, you've gone through a loss. You've gone through a trauma. But in so many more ways, she is a rainbow. Like she is the light. She is, um, you know, just like... Um, Noah in the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, God promised, I won't cause, you know, I'm oh, not going to ever flood the earth again. Yeah. You know, here's your yeah. rainbow. Here's I your sign. the rainbow in the sky. That's yes, promise. exactly. Yeah. So what is her personality like? Is she? She's sassy. <laughs> <laughs> she is very sassy and she's, um, she pesters her older brother. Um, but she's also very sweet at the same time and very cuddly and a daddy's girl for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy to hear about how she's just doing so well and Samuel's doing so well. And I just love to hear your faith that all the things you've been through didn't shake your faith. Then instead you're trusting in God, 
even more. And that just brings us a lot of encouragement. And we hope that that's, I mean, our hope before we began this recording today was that whoever's listening to this, that you would grab onto this. And those of you that may be feeling the very same journey, the pain, whatever you're going through, different or the same, that you can recognize that the encouragement of the faith in Jesse's heart is something that is, is available to you too. So, did you go through any grief counseling or anything since then? Have you honestly? No, I didn't. You know, um, I had my husband, and we leaned on each other a lot. Mm-hmm. And and my mom was a big sounding board for me. Um, she she was kind of like my counselor in a way. She right. has a lot of godly wisdom, mm-hmm. um, and I really you know depended on her and. We talk every day, so she's been a great sounding board for me. Um, one thing I did want to share that happened, um, because Isaac is a p- very much a part of our life, and the kids talk about him often, and um, his name is brought up all the time. And yesterday we were on a family walk, or actually just Samuel, Grace, and I were on a walk. And um, Samuel said to me, he said, Mommy, are you still sad about Isaac dying? And I thought about it for a minute, and I said, you know what? No, I'm not sad anymore. And I said, you know why? And he said, why? And I said, because God healed my heart. And that was important for me to tell him because I wanted him to know that no matter what you go through, you know, God can heal you and right. bring you through it. And he, he just kind of shook his head like, mm. okay, God healed your heart. <laughs> That's cool. Mm. So what would so if somebody has a friend or somebody that they know that's going through something like this, what advice would you give? What kind of support can people give to someone else? I was hoping you would ask that because um, when we went through this, I specifically remember the people who reached out to me, um, whether it be a hug, a phone call, a text. Um, we received lots of gifts, lots of care packages. Mm-hmm. Um, just let someone know you're praying for them. You know, I, I had a lot of guilt afterwards because I recall some women who had gone through uh, miscarriages or losses or in, honestly any loss, and I never reached out to them. And I felt really bad about that. Um, like I could have done more. And just tell someone you're going to pray with them or pray with them right then and there because you have no idea how much that means to someone. Because I think sometimes people are afraid, yes. like they don't know what to say. They don't know what they don't know if they want to bring it up, so they yes. just don't do anything. But it's do more. It. But you're saying it's important to just go ahead and. If someone's opening up to you about their story, um, or about their loss, then they're willing to receive it. Is how I kind of see it, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but all of those little things, all those little moments, like I still treasure those in my heart because it just shows that people care and when you feel like you're so alone in it um, or you feel like maybe people don't understand, just those little things show that you care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on the other side of that, if somebody is going through something happens and they have a tragedy, what advice, what kind of things should they do to kind of let God heal their heart? I believe that everybody handles grief differently. Um, I've seen that actually firsthand. So I think it's going to be different for everyone. Um for me, it was praying, crying, I mean, just crying, crying out to God, no words, just sometimes just crying, mm-hmm. um, digging into God's word, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, leaning in with your spouse and, and praying together. Um, that's what worked for me. I, I do believe counseling could work for people. I just didn't, honestly, I didn't need that for myself. So Jesse, were there times that you and your husband sort of traded off without just kind of an unspoken words where you would be having a moment where you needed him to be strong for you? And then maybe just without warning, he would have a moment where he really needed you to be strong for him. Um, my husband processed the grief a lot differently than me, which is to be expected, especially for a man. He's very quiet, mm-hmm. you know, reserved, keeps it inside. Um, he was always there for me, though. Um, he knew when I was having a hard time, he would just hold me, you know, um, just being there, just being present and there with me. Um, but he knows how much um, Isaac's story means to me his memory. Um, so he knows I'm very open about it. He doesn't talk about Isaac as often as I do, but we're on the same page with, you know, he's a part of our family. Um, he goes and visits, you know, the grave with me. Um, when, whenever the kids ask questions about Isaac or anytime he's brought up, he, you know, is involved in the conversation, but you know, his journey to healing was a little bit different than mine. Um, which is to be expected with grief. True. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's, we're on the same page as far as um, where we're at today. And um, we have a lot of peace about all of it now. Mm-hmm. Did you feel yourself go through all the stages of grief? Did you get angry? All of and, them. Very, yeah. and especially at the beginning, very fast, mm-hmm. very rapid, which is normal. Um, but yes, I definitely did. And um, I remember last year specifically, I felt anger, like, you know, especially that month, I definitely went through a trigger phase where I felt angry, Mm -hmm. but I just had to pray and God released that from me. Um, You know, it's when you lose a child, it never completely goes away. Right. You're always going to remember that. It's always going to be part of you and what you went through. But with God, you can have healing and he will get you through it. Mm. That's so awesome. Are you planning to have any more? I would, but no. <laughs> I, w- I told my husband I would have 20. <laughs> He's like, uh. But no, we, we're done. <laughs> we're, we're happy with our family dynamic. And we're in a good phase right now with their ages. And they're a lot of fun right now. Well, we can see the joy all over your face oh, talking about you. how much you love <laughs> yeah. teaching your children and loving on them. And it's, you just light up when you blessing. talk about your kids. Oh, my, thank you. Yes. Thank you so I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what are some things that you're enjoying about your journey of motherhood right now? Tell us a little bit about your homeschooling journey. I love homeschooling. Um, it's been a great decision for our family. Um, we live on 13 acres, and we're able to get outside and enjoy nature and incorporate that into our learning. And my children just love it. They could be outside all day and explore and look at bugs and sticks and leaves and wildflowers. And, you know, picking blackberries is a big part of what we do. We call ourselves the Manana Blackberry Farm. Which, (laughs) listeners, we get some blackberry cobbler. I mean, we cannot believe this. Jesse brought us blackberry cobbler tonight. (laughs) One for each of us. This is amazing. My husband will be so happy. Podcaster Hall of Fame. (laughs) Well, I hope you, you like it. I hope I hope you enjoy I it. I haven't yet taken a bite, and I can already tell you I love it. Oh, 
But yeah, homeschooling and um, our journey has been fun so far. And we start tomorrow is our first day of school. So I'm really excited to see where we go this year. And, you know, Samuel's already so smart and he loves to learn. He's an eager learner and he's a great, he listens to me very well, which I'm very fortunate. Good. So is he kind of more your compliance? He is. He is my rule follower is yeah. what I call him. And, you know, Grace will be joining in this year, although she's not technically school age yet. Mm-hmm. She's going to join in on our lessons and I'm excited to see how she grows and learns, and hopefully she'll listen. Hopefully. <laughs> she may flit in and out some. Do you have a co-op or anything that you... We, we are. We're going to... Uh, this will be our first year to do a co-op, and it'll be in um, at a Collinsville church. So we're really excited to participate in that. I mean, it'll just be for one class, but, you know, kind of get our feet wet and yeah. see what Samuel thinks about it, and we'll just kind of follow his lead, you know, if he likes it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, what, do you have any resources or anything that, like any podcasts or books that you would recommend? Um, well, I'm just now getting into like curriculum and stuff for homeschool. Um, this year will be our first year. You know, with the younger kids, you really don't have to um, do so much structure. Really, a lot of it's play based oh, and yes. hands on learning. And play is so important. Yeah, you guys both so know important. that. Yeah. <laughs> so this year, we're going to do a curriculum called Five in a Row. And it's literature-based, and the activities and learning are based off of classic books. So um, I can't really give a review yet on it because we haven't dived in just this yet. This is the before. <laughs> exactly. But that's really the only resource, resource I have so far. Um, you know, we do a lot of workbooks and biblical, you know, devotionals and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's great. Good. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And Thank you guys for having me. I'm so honored that um, you guys asked me to be here, and thank you for giving me a voice and a platform to share my story. We're very touched that you're willing, and we just are so thankful for you. Thankful for your story and willing to share it with the faith that is your foundation. Thank you, ladies, so much. We just want to thank Jessie again for coming. She is precious, and we are so thankful that she was willing to share her story. I'm just glad I could meet her. She's a wonderful lady. She's got the joy of the Lord all over her face, and she is just filled with joy. And I'm glad we got Blackberry Cobbler. She brought us home Blackberry Cobbler. <laughs> One of the things that we talked about after we finished recording was a special song that has ministered to a lot of people, especially those that have dealt with the loss of a child and the loss of a pregnancy. And the song was written by a friend of mine. Her name is Christy Knuckles. She's my very favorite singer, by the way. And she has written dozens and dozens of songs. God has gifted her with the gift of songwriting. And she's you, many of you have heard of her, I'm sure. She and her husband, Nathan, were the group Watermark at one time. Now they are still producing and making beautiful music. And Christy's song called Glory Baby is a song that really ministers in a special way for those that can personally identify with the loss of a baby. So we just wanted to let all of you listeners know about that song, and we encourage you to listen to it. You can find Christy Knuckles' music on Spotify, on iTunes, on pretty much anywhere that you can get music. And we hope that this song blesses you and others in your lives. And overall, we hope that 
this episode of Afraid Not has been an encouragement and a reminder that God is with you, that He sees you, that He carries you through the pain, that He has so much love and compassion on our lives, and that we can trust Him even in times that are afraid. Have a great day.